what's going on world? I'm Teresa Beardsley and welcome to my show Backlot Action Force, a zero waste guide for filmmakers and other people who go to work. Backlot Action Force is all for reducing waste and shrinking the large footprint that entertainment has on this planet. Now, what I'm realizing here in the United States, there's no data about how much stuff is consumed and wasted on set. There's no data about carbon footprints in the world of entertainment. Where is the data? This is really important if we're actually going to make change. Um, a lot of companies do have green or sustainability initiatives like NBC Universal, Disney, um, and a bunch of other huge companies, but I'm not going to get into that right now. Um, change has to come from the top. We all know that. And we can only do that when we have data. And there are no easy solutions. Sometimes it feels like production companies can't support environmental measures because it takes more resources which aren't available. That's money and time. That's a lot of what we've been talking about this whole series so far is but it's important because change has to come from within. Nobody's gonna mandate it. Nobody's gonna change for you. It has to be you, it has to be the executives at the production companies. And we're seeing more calls to action, having sustainability representatives on set, um, but where's the time in the beginning so we can plan to source our materials better as well. So there's also this call to action of crew members who are, um, this is kind of definitely something that's going on in Europe right now, but um, you know, cr crew led action and initiative. Um, there's this really great organization, I'm gonna shout it out again, um, I've mentioned it in a couple different episodes, but it's called Cut It, and they're based out of Ireland and the UK, and they've got some really great information. Um, check out their website, cutit.org.uk. That's C-U-T-I-T, cutit.org.uk. Send an intro email. They'll get you hooked up with a Zoom conference with them that goes over a bunch of information. Um, it's definitely UK based, but, um, we've been chatting about, um, what we can do in Los Angeles as well, New York, the United States, because, um, they just started. So, um, they're looking for more people to join their initiative across the globe. And they're really awesome. They're a really open group of people. I definitely want to put them out there. Um. So that said, I've been engaging with people um, in conversation about how they source their materials. And I find it interesting that we all have this bad habit that we need to break. We rely on it for everything. Um, and especially we've been relying on it a lot during this pandemic. And additionally, we rely on it often when we're working 12 plus hours per day, and that is Amazon. And just so you know, this episode is a special request 
Um, I have definitely used Amazon a lot in the past. And lately I've been working on breaking that habit because I started talking about it with so many people. And um, I can share my experience with you a little bit later in this episode. What makes Amazon so unethical and so awful when they just sell books online and warehouse stuff and cloud computing stuff? And they're a really big employer and they're the most magically convenient service to get your groceries and underpants while you're binge watching Peaky Blinders. In 2019, Fast Company published an article called The Bezos Boycott, How to Live an Amazon Free Life in 2019. And back then in 2019, everybody was doing this Amazon boycott. For some reason, I never heard about it, but um, I was working 24 seven. I just think clearly not much has changed because you know Amazon is this insanely convenient service. There is actually no replacement for it, but um, there are solutions to working around it. But anyway, let me go on. Why does Amazon suck? I would say that the number one reason why Amazon is so despised is because they destroy small businesses with their convenience, but also they buy them up and disappear them. It's unnaturally large, and the fact that they gross $810 billion a year, $810 billion a year, let me say that again, $810 billion a year, which is ridiculous, why? Who needs to make that much money? Well, Amazon does. I mean, if you, I get it, because if you can do it, why wouldn't you do it? But, um, you know, it, it's kind of interesting because you think that you're saving money on purchasing things through Amazon and sellers, vendors think that they're gonna be making money as well because who doesn't shop on Amazon, right? But it turns out that they're skimming, you know, vendors um, are, you know, end up making less and they make you think as a consumer that you're saving money and that you're getting a good price. Um, and basically like that, um, you know, that relationship is completely like invented. Um, you think that you're saving money, but really you're spending, you know, more sometimes, more money um, or market price. You're not really saving a ton of cash, but it's all like maneuvered so that they make the best profit and vendors can pay for the privilege to be an Amazon um, rated or you know, you know, uh, the Amazon, like bestseller. So you can pay for that privilege as well, which um, is obviously, um, if it is <laughs> actually an Amazon bestseller, then, you know, you don't have to pay for that privilege, but you can, you can boost yourself in those ways as a vendor. And the second reason that Amazon sucks is because of their warehousing conditions. Um, actually, the National Council for Occupational Safety and Health has a list of the most dangerous places to work, and Amazon was on their 2018's Dirty Dozen list, and they were at the top, which is a pretty juicy list, by the way, so I'll, t I'll tell you a little bit more about it because it is interesting. 
seven people have died because of Amazon's warehousing conditions. And that is unacceptable. So among the dirty dozen with Amazon on that list, I'm going to tell you this because I love chisme and it's kind of fascinating. But among Amazon is Dine Brands Global Inc., which is Applebee's and IHOP. And it's specifically the one in Glendale, California, where there's a ridiculous amount of worker complaints about sexual harassment, groping, and uh, demands for, well, unspeakable acts. I'm shocked. But also, like, at IHOP, what the heck? I, it's, I'm like, what? But that's really awful. Like, if it makes the, the list for being that bad, like, how bad can it be? On the list, there are a couple of transpo companies and a couple of farming companies. Um, that doesn't shock me as much because they do have pretty dangerous factory situations, and that's the way it's always been. Lowe's was on there because they have this deadly paint stripper situation that like 56 employees died from being exposed to. And I'm sure they fixed it by now because there was like this whole suit and this list is from 2018. So I was just kind of surprised to read that. But also Tesla, where they had serious injuries at a rate of 83% higher than the industry standard. Um, 83% higher. What? And again, Transpo, they already have a serious problem with injuries because that's the nature of the work. You're working with heavy machinery. But what makes Tesla even worse um, is that they're reporting improved injury stats, except that there's evidence that they're not reporting all of their serious injuries. So that means they're hiding it in a different way. Um, Anyway, back to Amazon. Amazon's working conditions are well documented by reliable sources like the Washington Post, New York Post, The Guardian, Atlantic, Time Magazine, Forbes. And this isn't out of the blue, but most of us just haven't been paying attention to it, including me. I'm guilty, and I totally ignored it. I had no idea what it is like to work in a warehouse. Working in warehousing anyway just sucks. And then to top it off, Amazon is like way up there in terms of their surveillance and their quotas are insanely really hard to reach. You know, Jeff Bezos is one of the richest guys in the world with a net worth of over $155 billion. And Amazon is one of the biggest corporations at $810 billion a year. I know this is the millionth time I've said it. I just think it's ridiculous. And and th that number is really important um, for reason number three, which I'll get to shortly. But I do want to say a little bit more about their working conditions. Here's the thing. Many of their employees still require government assistance, like SNAP benefits, Medicaid, subsidized housing, and so forth. Um, Jeff Bezos slash Amazon had a huge thing going, beef going with Bernie Sanders. And that's kind of an interesting thing to watch online as well. But Amazon relies on quotas to monitor and assess their employees, which 
at his core doesn't necessarily sound terrible, but just take a look at the NYPD quotas, equal racial profiling, police brutality, straight up BS. And for Amazon, their extremely high quotas are so high that people um, will skip their bathroom breaks and pee into bottles, which is so gross and like inhumane. Like, how can you put somebody through that? Um, people get reamed out for taking bathroom breaks and they work through their mandated lunch hours. And there are serious repercussions for people who don't meet their quotas. Amazon tracks your productivity at every moment when you're working there. You're constantly monitored. Your scanner literally has a GPS and a timer. So you're working side by side with robots to fulfill these orders, right? And people start to look like they're stealing from the company if they're having a slow day or whatever. Like their warehouses are also like... 25 acres sometimes and people walk that odd foot and if you're taking a bathroom break that's too long um there are managers there who will berate you for stealing from the company because you're taking too long of a bathroom break there's a really wonderful expose published by the New York Post called Inside the Hellish Workday of an Amazon Warehouse Employee, where this young journalist turned Amazonian talks about what it's like to work in the 25-acre floor on foot for 12 hours per day, 10 to 12 hours. They're usually there. Most employees take some form of ibuprofen, Advil, whatever, pain reliever, because it is so hard on your body. And um, according to the article, it took three days of her working in those conditions for her body to just break down. Here's a really freaky excerpt from that article. Every bathroom visit was clocked from the moment she left her cubicle, and a daily report of her bathroom time was sent to a supervisor for approval. Oh my gosh, you have to get your pee approved? Now, Amazon is firing employees who voice their health concerns about the coronavirus, which is happening right now. They keep adding more employees, and there's no space in the warehouses. And in fact, a senior executive actually just resigned because Amazon was firing people who were speaking out against it. Here's an interesting statistic I just wanted to share because labor conditions are a huge part of sustainability, more than anyone cares to admit, really, but one in four people have been driven to tears by workplace stress. And this is coming from the American Institute of Stress, Gallup, Corn Ferry, and Harvard Business Review. Me, I'm definitely one of the four. And I feel like everyone I know is one out of the four people who are driven to tears by workplace conditions. So the third reason why Amazon sucks, and this is why I kept saying that Amazon grosses $810 billion a year, they have avoided paying taxes for years. 
everyone has to pay taxes. That's what my tax accountant says. And I like to listen to her because she's really nice and helps me make better decisions with my life. Everybody has to pay taxes. It sucks, but it's our duty as residents who enjoy public benefits like roads and schools and other things like that. If you don't do your taxes and enjoy all of the public benefits that come from paying taxes, then you should be ashamed of yourself because if undocumented immigrants can pay taxes, so can you. I mean, I know that there are many reasons why some people can't pay taxes, but just try, you know, like I know some people are homeless and they can't do anything about it and okay, whatever. But if you're just like sitting around making money and then you don't pay your taxes, that's pretty lame. Amazon has actually been tagged as the worst for aggressive tax avoidance. First of all, I don't even know that you could avoid taxes aggressively, but they do it by funneling their profits through entities and countries that are considered tax havens or have, have tax breaks and that kind of thing. When they do owe tax, they try their best not to pay it. Now, this is reported in an article from The Guardian, um, another really awesome resource. There's a bunch of numbers in that article. That's why I'm saying they do a great job of covering it, but um, I'm not interested in the numbers exactly. All we really need to know is that in 2017 and 2018, they paid zero federal tax, zero. Think about this. They're a multi-billion dollar company, right? $810 billion a year. They're just an inch away, really, from becoming a trillion dollar company. So the tax that they're required to pay would be in the billions. Now that's billions that Amazon is stealing from the United States public. And our public benefits like roads and schools and, and all of that other stuff. Now that's a lot of money. Um, they should, <laughs> I know I just went on that rant about how everybody should pay taxes, but, um, most of the people that I know don't pay that much in tax. If they are 1099, like don't pay, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's not that much money. Um, but this is a significant amount of money that is being stolen from the public in a sense stolen in a sense, I guess. But the fourth reason that Amazon sucks is that they love not only to F their employees by giving them insane quotas and watching over them all the time, but they love to also creep on you, private citizens of the world. They use your data in invasive ways, which is no surprise. And it's well documented that corporations have been spying on consumers since the beginning of e-commerce. And there's a number of companies that Amazon owns. So some of their subsidiaries are AWS Elemental. I think that's their... Um, cloud hosting computing thing abe books obviously that's a book company alexa internet audible blink home brilliance audio comixology create space diapers.com double helix games eve fabric.com goodreads jungly moby pocket ring shelfari shop bob 10 Marks, Education, Twitch, Whole Foods, Woot, and Zappos. 
And Amazon really has their hands in the honeypot of entertainment. It's literally impossible to avoid them if you work in film. You can't at all. They own IMDb, which for some reason is the holiest of all holies in Hollywood validation. It's terrible software, just like Amazon, and they have no customer service, just like Amazon. Amazon also owns Without a Box, which is one of the two primary film festival submission cloud software. So as independent filmmakers, we have no choice but to give our money to this company. We're not even supporting film nerds anymore, which kind of makes me sad, but I know that it's many an entrepreneur's dream to be bought out and I'd probably take the money too. So I don't blame them for selling out, but I do hate giving my money to Amazon at this point. Not to mention that they're a huge name in distribution of independent films and books, and they're really invested in content creation. So there's really no way that we can be in film and not go through Amazon. Um, honestly, I just wish that Jeff Bezos and Amazon were more of an ethical company because working with them as content creators um, is really, you know, it can be great for an independent content creator to be able to release your stuff and have it out there on a platform. And I have been on a couple of Amazon sets and it's really pleasant and it's fine and it's a normal set and it's wonderful. And the people that I get to work with are really awesome. There's no, you know, it's just that internally, on that side of it, they have so much going on that is not representative of something that I care about. Um, and a lot of people, a lot of people are really bothered by that. But, you know, it's not just me. I mean, this literally is like something that we've been talking about for a long time. But if Jeff Bezos is hearing this, I challenge you, sir, to make a more ethical business. You have the power in the palm of your hands to do this. But again, the real reason I'm talking about this is because, you know, we need to figure out how to source our materials in a more ethical way. And I've been diving into the world of sustainable logistics. I don't know if anybody knows what that is, but logistics refer to supply chains and how they maneuver. Now, the first, there's a process called sourcing, and that's something that we all do in film, right? Like we source our materials um, in some form or another. It's pretty self-explanatory. That's the first part of the process, sourcing, getting stuff for somewhere for some reason. We source materials, we source supplies, and um, we've kind of discussed that in some previous episodes with um, textiles and art department a little bit. So where do you shop? Then the next step is transpo. How are you getting things from one place to the next? Oh, transpo is kind of short for transportation for those who don't really work in film or um, <laughs> who've been wondering what I've been saying when I say that. 
uh, transpo is kind of shorthand for transportation. And finally, delivery. Are you making stuff? Are you a warehouse? What's going on? How are you getting your stuff to the consumers? Now, that's all logistics and supply chain. Now, sustainable logistics are logistics for supply chains that are thoughtful and conscious about the environment, local communities, employees, and stakeholders. Not only conscious, but actively making the best decisions which cause the least harm to all parties. Now, that means cutting down the amount of transportation on the road. Can materials travel by train? Can you use a drone? Are you sourcing materials from ethical companies that treat their employees fairly? Where do these companies that you're sourcing from source their materials? Um, how is their waste management handled? How is your waste management handled? Are warehouses clean? Do they provide proper ventilation and so forth? Can you get what you need from somewhere that's local to you for the same price point or lower? There are different ways to measure and confirm the level of sustainability a company has achieved. So you can see the organic fair trade labels on your products. You can even go to their website and search for companies that are sustainable, completely, you know, fair trade, which they have this huge vetting process. Um, beware of greenwashed labels. Now, generally, these are there are different standards and different vetting processes to obtaining these labels and some are more detailed than others so some of them you can pay a couple hundred bucks and plug this thing onto your you know plug this logo onto your product or whatever um and then there are the certification processes that we want to see that are you know, kind of full circle. For example, a company can be a B Corp certified. That's not something you can. So let me just, just say this about B Corps. It's not something that you go in, like that's not a, ta a tax identification. It's a certification that you go through to show that you are completely circular in your sustainability thoughts. Um, that means, you know, you're doing your best to be to pay your employees fairly and, you know, and you've got this whole ethical thing going on. Um, that is not, again, that's not a tax identification. Some people get really confused about that. You can register your business as a um, 3LC, which is a low profit limited liability corporation. You can um, uh, do your company as a, a public benefit corporation, all those kinds of things, and then get certified as a B Corp. But here are some of the labels that we want to see. There's LEAD, which is the leadership and energy and environmental design. Now that's like a building. You can get your building LEAD certified, L-E-E-D, leadership and energy and environmental design. Uh, of course, there's USDA Organic, Green Business Bureau, Safer Choice, which is um, a certification that means that the product is safe for human health and consumption. Um, there's another certification called WELL, W-E-L-L, for building projects. Green C certification, which is from the American Consumer Council. Energy Star, which, as you know, that's the appliance 
marker, um, edge, which E-D-G-E, excellence in design for greater efficiencies, and that's an, another building one, Institute for Green Business Certification, Fair Trade USA Certified. Now that's another product one, which is pretty cool. You can go to their website and see what's on there that's considered fair trade and check out their websites and check out their status with that. Um, Peer, P-E-E-R, which is for power systems. Green Seal, SITES, S-I-T-E-S, which is a seal for landscaping. Forest Stewardship Council. GRESB, which is a real estate and infrastructure one. Waste Wise for companies who make an effort to reduce waste. Bay Area Green Business Program, specifically um, for businesses in the Bay Area. Park Smart, Bio Preferred, which is another USDA program. WaterSense about those who are um, th those businesses who are reducing their use of water or you know and or making better water systems for their buildings the animal welfare approved seal which is always lovely certified humane another um, animal one green america green plus and epeat e-p-e-a-t and then there's uh, that's specifically for electronics and then there's, of course, the GOTS certification. That's the Global Organic Test Textile Standard. Companies like Amazon dominate the marketplace because they are literally everywhere. They take up so much space and they have a lot of money to send a lot of boxes around the world very quickly. 1.6 million packages per day they send. 1.6 million packages a day. Amazon also has a really loyal customer base because you can't get that service anywhere else. So how does small business compete? And frankly, you can't. But as consumers and people who source, you can choose to go with other e-commerce warehouse distributors, which are more ethical. It is possible, and there are companies out there that are doing it. You can also take the extra step and build relationships with companies that you love. I mean, e-commerce is not going anywhere. So we can make the choice to shop differently and also conveniently if we have to shop at all. And we can try to live somewhat in harmony. So if you search ethical.net, how and why to avoid Amazon, it will give you a super detailed guide as to how to literally avoid them at all costs, you know, including the web sourcing stuff and the, the web, um, uh, what you call it, the web, uh, you know, uh, hosting, whatever. Um, it's pretty intense and I'm not going to go into it right now because I've already been talking your ear off, but I can totes go into it if there is enough interest at a later time. Mostly, I just wanted to share some cool stores with you that are 
different and you can support some really cool people. I'm not going to vouch for all of their shipping practices. Honestly, I find that most companies don't respond to me when I ask about this so far, which is a little annoying because my goal is to go more zero waste. And, you know, if I do a lot of shopping online, if I can't find something, because I don't like driving in LA, (laughs) I hate it. But you know, and like, how are you doing your packaging? If you're the only company that I can get something from, um, what does your shipping look like? Especially for events, like we do get things shipped all the time on set. So what does that look like? I don't know. Nobody's responded to me when I've asked that. So I'm not going to vouch for that. So the first one, on my list, of course, is Etsy, which always has been a cool shop for crafts, vintage stuff, and other homemade stuff. Um, They, you know, a lot of people do have like secondhand stuff on there, which is kind of cool. Um, Shopify is a great place for independent brands, whether you're shopping or selling. Um, Shopify is really great for that. Tiva is one of my favorite products right now because they're not using any plastic. Even when you get something from them shipped, um, they, yeah, they don't they don't even use plastic on their labels at all. So um, their shoes are also made out of completely post-consumer materials. And this I do know firsthand because I just bought some adventure sandals. REI and Patagonia obviously are super ethical. Um, especially, I mean, they're great for set clothes because we're, you know, 12 to 16 hours on set and you need something comfortable that you can sweat in. REI and Patagonia have great stuff. Then there's Sierra Trading Post, which is like an affordable REI. They don't keep as much stock as those bigger companies do, but they do keep relationships with trusted and sustainable brand names. They're all about sustainable logistics and environmental sustainability. Clean Canteen is obviously always keeping it green. Um, Package Free Shop is kind of cool for zero waste kits and products. So that's specifically for you zero waste weirdos like me. Um, This one's pretty awesome. Black, the official Black Wall Street, is really dope if you want to support black owned businesses especially right now this is a great time to show your support um this is like the biggest directory of black owned businesses i don't know how many of the brands on there are totally sustainable but i wanted to share that resource because i never heard of it until i went through you know, digging through lists of Amazon alternatives. I just thought that one was really cool. Um, Biblio is a great place for independent books, movies, and music. I checked it out. There's a lot of stuff up there. Uh, Alibris is another indie bookstore that sells rare books as well. And as a vintage book nerd, I thought that was super cool. Um, I have a membership to Scribd. I don't know how many people out there know what this is, but they have a lot of partnerships with like other indie platforms for entertainment and education. Like right now you can get a free Pandora Plus account and a free account for Mubi, which streams independent films, features, shorts, documentaries that are well-known, but also newly acquired. And they have partnerships with different film festivals. So you can get your shorts distributed on that. And it's pretty cool. 
There's a number of other benefits to supporting Scribd. Um, they have ebooks, audiobooks, textbooks, articles, PDFs, templates, anything that you could want that was published, they probably have it. Now, it, de it depends, you know, authors who self-publish as well, sometimes they want to publish on a different platform or like, for example, like um, I was trying to find a Toni Morrison book on there and she doesn't publish her books there at all. So there is stuff that you miss out on, but for the most part, they have like everything and i am never bored i use it almost every single day i've even found like textbooks on there it's worth it to keep my minimalist situation going on here um because i live in the world's smallest studio with my boyfriend and basically i've moved across the country like a few times so most of what i own can fit into like 10 boxes and i like we just don't have room for more books but i'm an avid reader because I've got all this stuff going on and I'm constantly trying to figure out, you know, how to solve the problems of the world. So I read a lot, you know, I'm a total infomaniac. But let me move on from that. So Lush and Credo are really great companies for makeup, bath and self-care products. Um, most people know Lush already um, because they are huge animal rights activists. There's ethicalsuperstore.com, uh, which is a UK online shop for stuff that's ethically sourced and vegan and whatnot. Um, there's Offset Warehouse for ethical and sustainable textiles, Azure Standard, which is bulk produce. Um, some more produce things are like Misfits Market which is kind of like imperfect produce. Um, their tagline is eat weird. So I thought that was pretty funny, really connected with that because I'm a weirdo. Um, Market Wagon, which connects you with local food suppliers, but they aren't in Los Angeles yet. So um, check and see if they're in your neighborhood because that's pretty cool. Um, Veo.world, um, it's a UK-based online store that's, kind of meant their goal is to replace Amazon to be like the ethical Amazon or whatever. But the UK is kind of all over that. You can find a lot of ethical UK stores that are kind of warehouse stores. Um, they're like on top of it. Unfortunately, there just aren't a ton of replacements for buying it all at once, you know, from one place and in a short and receive your stuff in a short period of time. Um, and even, you know, another benefit of Amazon is that they do have a convenient tracking system um, so that you do make sure that you get your stuff or know when it's delivered and things like that. Um, but the fact is, if you want to give up Amazon, you're just going to have to let that convenience go because there's no way to replace that. Do your research. Now, I'm not telling anybody how to shop, though I just did, but it's like, at least it's a place to start. You know, at the bottom of every website, there should be a directory and you should be able to find a company CSR, or corporate social Respons responsibility, code of ethics, a vendor code of conduct, and things like that. Their certification should be clearly visible. If you do have a store that you love, I mean, show some loyalty, pick up the phone, call your favorite peeps and strike a deal. You know, when I want physical books, I order from one of my favorite bookstores, Powell's in Portland, Oregon. It takes twice the amount of time to get to me. But honestly, 
I feel really good about my purchase. And right now they're also involved in a charity situation as well. So they're donating part of their profits to, um, you know, Black Lives Matter causes, uh, which is kind of cool. So I don't know. I mean, I was an Amazoner until a couple of months ago when I started paying attention to all this stuff. You know, and I still watch Amazon Prime. I mean, I'm in the business and I have to use IMDb and Film Freeway. Um, and if I get offered to work on another Amazon show, heck yeah, I'll do it. I love working and they have some good shows. But I'm trying to make some better decisions with the things that I have control over, like my dollar. Well, first of all, I can't afford to shop. I don't make that much money. <laughs> I don't. I just don't really shop at all. Um, because why? I just go to work and that's it. But um, yeah, it's kind of been interesting making different decisions, you know, not shopping on Amazon, which means I have to take more time in my real life to shop in real life. And I hate that. So it's been really hard to make the switch because there's some things that I'm like, I don't want to find that. I don't want to take the, like, it's the smallest thing in the world. Let me just order it. You know, um, it's been really hard to, to kind of break that, but it makes me more conscious a little bit, um, of what I'm shopping for because I hate shopping. <laughs> So I asked myself, do I really need it? Because am I willing to go out into the world and fight for it? You know, and right now with the pandemic, like <laughs> it's just going shopping is even more stressful. So I don't know. But I hope this episode was interesting. And if you dig the work that I'm doing, please get with me on social media, you know, um, leave a review on my Apple podcast. I just, I just found out that I'm on Apple podcast. I've been trying to figure out how to get on there, but apparently I'm already on there. Um, you can leave a review, um, get with me on social media. The handle for backlot action force is a X N force F O R C E. So that's at action force a X N F O R C E on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook. Um, you know, you can also financially support this program if you love it. Um, all of the money basically goes to paying my sound designer, Jeremy Robinson, for the production quality um, and the original song here that he did for me. Um, so shout out to him. Now, I know I mentioned before in previous episodes that I have a Patreon account, but I have been talking with one of my um, producers, and I love that I can say that now. And... I, you know, Patreon was something that I wasn't really, like, loving because, you know, some of the stuff was, like, bonus content that I would give people if they subscribe. But, like, I just want to give you all of my content for free anyway. And then if you want to give me money, you can. So, so I'm scrapping the Patreon because I really just want to keep giving you stuff for free. And I'm not putting ads in this anymore i like i tried that for a second but frankly i just don't like them nobody likes them um unless somebody cool wants to sponsor me i think i'm just gonna keep this ad free completely <laughs> unless it's like super awesome because i don't want to load you guys down with any of that and 
But just a quick shout out to my producers who are now whooping my butt into shape. That's Jennifer Belinsky and Kemper Pritz. Ladies, thank you. I can't do this without you. Seriously, not all heroes wear capes. Yes, Backlot Action Force. Okay, I've had too much coffee. Um, peace out, planet Earth. Keep it.